You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 641, Late Night with Mike Shoemaker. episode 641 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am Haircut Kid. Oh? Oh, yes, there was much doing of hair today. Mine was getting unruly, and... Uh, oh, and, and dirty I, hippie. Yeah, basically, and I no, say... No, 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 that, that part's been cast by Murray. Oh, now, <laughs> now, now. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, it had, it had gotten somewhat unruly, and uh, and I mean, when I say that, not like most people's COVID cut unruly, because quite honestly, like I mean, the last time I had it cut was a couple of months ago, and that's oh. not far off what I would do in you know in regular times. But yeah. you know, Jan's been busy, and so it was just a matter of uh, of finding the time for her to sit uh, sit there with. Um, uh, with the clippers and and the girls got these hair dye packs for Christmas, oh, so they no. wanted to get their hair dyed, and <laughs> so so she said, "Well, I'll do that on Sunday." And she said, "While I'm at it, I'll cut your hair too." So I sit down there in the chair this morning, about to cut the hair, and um, and she's uh, and, and you know she was like reading something. She picks up the clippers and starts edging towards my hair, and I'm like, "Hold it." You're gonna need to put a guard on that. Oh yeah! I oh. nearly got. I nearly yeah. I nearly got the uh, the the uh, shaved spot through the middle, and uh, <laughs> racing strike. It was yeah. It was that close. Reverse mohawk. <laughs> yes, reverse reverse mohawk is exactly it, Travis. And uh, and so I was just like slow down and man we we both sat there and we laughed for about five minutes and it was like you know you would have had to put up with me completely bald if that had happened and uh and so but it all worked out okay the hair has been cut properly it's uh it's once more presentable and uh the kids have uh sarah has a cool red tinge to the bottom half of her hair and uh, ella got her ends all done in purple and uh and frankly it looks awesome so haircuts they all didn't around dye your hair? what's that light start they didn't they didn't dye your hair no no but we we talked about it but you know what i think it really came down to they didn't want to give up any of theirs yeah. so so maybe next time <laughs> if there were ever a time to do it i mean yeah seriously. <laughs> i mean you are a musician paul come on well there there you go i could get away with it and uh and you know in the rest of the time i'm uh, i'm a a homeschool teacher so <laughs> <laughs> that dress code's got to be pretty uh, strict right it's, uh, well it depends on if you're going to show up in the background of the zoom meeting <laughs> <laughs> No pajamas after 10 a.m., sir. Oh, my. <laughs> or at least no pajamas on the top. You can wear whatever you want. That's right. It, it, Jan calls it the uh, the Zoom meeting mullet, where, oh, it's, where right. it's like, you know, dress shirt up top, PJs on the bottom. <laughs> anyway, cool. over to you, sir. Hi, everybody. I am Darren Noel, and this week I am a worn-out guy. Ah, 
So uh, I don't know who follows me on Facebook, um, if you do or not. Um, turns out uh, mom's COVID got worse. Oh, dear. And uh, she had to go to the hospital. She had some other complications not related to COVID. And the doctor's office wouldn't see her because she had COVID. And the urgent care wouldn't take her because she has COVID. So she is in a hospital right now. And, of course, uh, no one can go see her because COVID. Yeah. So uh, if anyone still out there thinks it's a hoax, I can tell you right now we're living the nightmare currently. Oh, dude, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, well, she's sounding a little better. Yeah. Good. Uh, she's got some other issues. She's on blood thinners, and she had yeah. some uh, bleeding going on. Mm. So we have to figure out where that's coming from. So, you know, so that's been foremost on my mind this week, obviously. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, good times. But I'm just, like, emotionally worn out between the 20th actually happening. You know, that was a, that was a tense day. <laughs> cause and and nothing happening. Yeah, and nothing happened. You're, like, waiting for that other shoe to fall. It's like, yeah. wait a minute. Where is it? What's going to happen? And nothing happened, thank God. But you're, like, watching it all day while you're trying to work. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah! So, yeah, it's been an emotional ringer of a yeah. week. And it's still ongoing because she's still in the hospital. Uh, tests will hopefully happen tomorrow. And then hopefully uh, we'll get some kind of recourse and we can get her uh, out of the hospital. So that's been my week. So over to you, Travis. Well, mine's a bit more lighthearted. God, I uh, hope. <laughs> Everybody out there. Hey, everybody, this is Travis Ellisor, and I am Nintendo Denied Lad. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. So I, I have a friend, uh, he's a co-worker, and he is very much a gamer who has every system, t hundreds and th perhaps thousands of games. He's, like, super into gaming way more than I would ever be. And uh, I was talking to him about how we used to play uh, on Nintendo 64, me and my friends used to play Mario Kart and the wrestling games, and that's really all we did on them. And he said, hey, I've got three Nintendo 64s. If you ever want to interested in buying one from me, I'll sell it. He said, they all three work. He said, you can get uh, you know, some of the old games you used to play. And he's been trying to do this, sell it to me for like six months, and finally uh, this weekend, I was like, man, I'm going to come over Friday. I'm going to buy one from you. Sounds great. Went over there. Bought it, came back. I have an old TV in my bedroom. Uh, it's one of the big, super heavy ones where the back goes back two feet, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's basically been a piece of furniture because I don't ever watch it, and I, it's too heavy to carry to a dumpster. Um, but yeah, I was like, does man. Does it have, like, the fake wood around it? No, or it's not. The, the it's metal. not quite that old, but I did, I did used to have one like that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it had the hookups for the Nintendo 64. I went and plugged it in. No signal. Oh. I was like, man, what the heck? And then I was like, well, I haven't used this TV in years, so maybe something's wrong with the TV. So I came around to my newfangled TV in the living room. And, of course, you need some kind of special adapter to hook into that. <laughs> yeah. So I found a store that had one. Uh, went there, picked that up on Saturday, came back, and I did all that hookup, went to turn it on. No signal. Well, as it turns out, apparently it's not any of the cords or the TV. Uh, the input on the actual console where the audio video goes in is apparently having some kind of issue. Oh. So I talked to the guy I bought it from, and he's like, man, he's like, bring it back to me. He said, let me look at it. Maybe I can get it working. If not, I got two other ones. We'll swap you out for a good one. So Yay. 
I planned on playing some old school Nintendo this weekend and did not get a chance to, but hopefully next weekend I will. Cool beans. Very nice. Anyway, that's when it. When you say, I gotta I got know, the, these N64 wrestling games, are they the good ones? Yes, the THQ AKI ones. Yes. They're, they're, they're legendary. <laughs> in the Dang. <laughs> Except no substitutes. Yeah, if you ever ask what a good wrestling video game is, that's the ones that come up. There's never been a better one made since then or before. They are legendary, and that that was like the year of perfection. They, wrestling video games? Oh yes, we used to play the heck out of those. Mm. Anyway, over to you, Michael. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Michael Grabois, and this weekend I am. That feeling when you finish binge-watching a show on streaming and now you have to wait for the current season to proceed in real time, lad. Oh, which one? <laughs> uh, Snowpiercer, the one I was telling ah. you about last week with the lovely and talented Jennifer Connelly. Mm-hmm. So I got that finished um, this uh, this morning, actually, and the new season starts this week, but now I've got to watch it like one week per week. One episode per week, and that sucks. I've seen I, the movie, and I like the. I've never read the comic. The but comics, I haven't seen the show either. The comic. I have not. I have not seen the movie. Um, I have it on DVR somewhere, but um, uh, yeah, I'm planning on watching it eventually. It's the TV show goes beyond the movie. Obviously, since you know it's a two-hour movie and a ten-hour yeah, TV series that is starting season two and just getting into season three, but um, yeah, so that's uh, that was my week. That's the excitement or lack of excitement. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean that—that's the same thing with me and Wandavision right now because I'm loving that show and I'm like, I don't want to wait till Friday. I want it all now. Thank oh, yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Um, <clears throat> This waiting is for chumps. Totally. Totally for chumps. <laughs> and, and Jim, did you say you've read the Snowpiercer comics? Well, no, I was going to do a quick aside. The The Snowpiercer comic is one of those, situ- I believe it's one of those situations where the movie got greenlit because the comic sold well. Ah. But the comic only sold well because the numbers, sales numbers were manipulated. Ah. Oh, really? Which, which also happened in a movie called uh, Cowboys vs. Aliens. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. That, yeah. that one. <laughs> Uh, I have seen the movie though. I think the movie's very good. I've heard mixed things about the show. Um, it's okay, I, but I kind of got invested in it, and you know, it's like, well, we'll see, if, see it through till the end, and the end was good enough to make me say, "All right, I'll watch next season." Yeah. What I what I, what I did eventually learn though is there was a sequel comic, uh, and apparently the premise is there's another train, which I thought was hilarious to find out. I think there's also been a prequel comic. Hmm. Yeah, I'll just check those out one of these days, just to just to see, just to see what it offers. Nice. Oh, there's been multiple sequels to the comics. I'm looking it up now. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. none of them are on Comicsology. So Snow is always getting pierced. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> that dang snow. <laughs> Paul left his refrigerator open again. That's right. That's right. Oh, I swear it, to God, French. Let me tell you, there. I'm just pleased. After after this COVID crap is over, I'm in the car. See, because <laughs> my, my kids have this tendency to not close the back door properly when they let the dogs out. And so I'll, I'll come here to do the uh, to do the show. 
and it'll be freezing in this room because they've <laughs> sla- they've slammed the screen door shut and it and it bounces back. Yeah. And uh, so today I made them both come down and we had a lesson. And oh. we had a little Uh-oh. class in door closing 101. So <laughs> it was done properly and Sarah was like, oh, "Look, I've closed it properly just like I do every time." Oh, sassy. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I'm like, are you kidding me? This happens to me at least twice a week, both times when I'm coming down to record a show after they go to bed, and it's like, oh. come on. <laughs> so what you're saying is you have a Tina Belcher and a Louise Belcher. Exactly. You got exactly. to watch that Louise big time. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you're raising an anarchist, sir. Oh, man. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> All right, now we move into the future for our next guest. Oh, wait. I think we oh. missed me. You, you said Jim. Jim. Oh, I'm sorry, That's Jim. Jim. That's I'm right. You were, you were, you Hello, were, Jim. You were, t- I th- I, you were talking onto, onto Travis's. Mm-hmm. I was so confused. It's I, future Jim. I, I, always, I always just go by the last <laughs> voice I heard. <laughs> so, hey, everybody. This week, uh, I'm Jim Purcell, of course. And this week, I am the Dream is Dead lad. <gasps> I'm not much of a sportsman. But if there's one thing I care about, it's my Buffalo Bills. I'm Aww. with you, dude. And uh, tonight, after 25 years, they finally make it to the AFC Championship game, only to be beaten by Kansas City Chiefs. Did, didn't the Packs also, like, bite it today? They did. They did. Brady's in the oh. Super Bowl again because there is no God. We're all <laughs> 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 that is the nihilist view. I'm not a sports fan, and even I get that reference. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we we even made uh, uh, Buffalo Bills uh, shaped pizzas uh, for dinner tonight, and uh, hoping that we could help turn. The oh tide. Yeah, it, yeah, you're you're up in Canada, so your proximity. That's right. They're, they're our nearest team, team, absolutely. Just like me. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so so. Yeah, we we made the pizzas, the whole bit, and. Um, yeah, Sarah's got, got words uh, for um, she's oh, got words to say to the Chiefs, and uh, <laughs> and it'll start with how she closes the door properly all the time, but it'll end so, with something so, else, perhaps a so kick in the nuts. So is Jan doing an online Super Bowl party this year? Yeah, yeah, I figured. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, this so. this was just a wild football season in general. Yeah, yeah, with the Bills and the Browns getting into the playoffs and doing you know, which is insane. Um, and the craziest thing about it is I came in, in the CGS, uh, football pool. I came in just behind Alan bow who, uh, who took the whole thing. Uh, but I managed to close the gap to six points in the last game or in the last week. So, ah. uh, so it was, uh, it was, it was a fun season and Alan always keeps everybody, uh, everybody, uh, motivated in the pool. And uh, and that often helps me to remember to make my picks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was uh, that that was a it, it was a tough game tonight, Jim. Yeah, sure was. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> so now, well, but at least you we, went farther than last year. Well, oh, we went farther, farther than we've ever years, been yeah. in a very long time. Yeah, I think it was nineteen ninety. It was nineteen ninety. Uh, well, no. they made it to the wild card a couple of years ago. Uh, but they were not likely to get any further than that at yeah, the time. They yeah, yeah. they weren't that good, but they actually had a shot this time, which is what's most disappointing. They had a great season. 
But the Chiefs were, I believe they were the Super Bowl champions last year, so they, they were. were the favorites to win anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, then you got Brady on the other side. So, Dude, just come and live in Atlanta and be a sports fan for a year. Just enjoy it. <laughs> the sucking never stops. <laughs> but the Falcons aren't any good. Are they? They haven't been. They not for a while. They had that one off season where they made it to the Super Bowl. Right. That's what I remember. That that's the peak so far in their what fifty years here. Uh, ah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. You could also be a Texans fan. Oh yeah. I could not. I'd rather they be the Oilers still, but you know. (laughs) Yeah, well, Ah, and we had the Oilers, we had the Astros, but they apparently cheated their way (laughs) to a World Series. Yeah. (laughs) But it was fun at the time. The Braves were in the playoffs like 15 times. They made it to the World Series and won once. So constant disappointment. (laughs) That's right. I remember, I remember, uh, I, I vividly remember watching the Jays beat them. Yep. Yeah. One of the many well, teams. Beat them, yes, exactly. Well, Good point. <laughs> remember, just cast. like Highlander, there can be only one. It's true. Indeed. It's true. I, I always say in the 70s, we had bumper stickers in Atlanta that said, go Braves and take the damn Falcons with you. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, yeah. And so uh, that's it for me. So uh, now into the future into we go. Into the future. Into the future. Good day, everyone. It's me, Derek Bins, and today I am trivia kid, and I'm going to tell you my trivia now. Oh, bear yay. with, bear with me, bear with me on yeah. this little story here. So, <laughs> Melbourne, where our friend Brent Brickhill lives, yes. was found was founded in the 1830s from my city, Launceston in Tasmania, which Melbourneites don't care to remember very much. (laughs) Uh, Now, there were a couple of expeditions set forth to found the new colony of Victoria, and before they decided on the name of Melbourne, they they toyed around a few names, and one of the chaps who was founding one of the expeditions was a man called John Batman. So one of the ideas for the name of early Melbourne was Batmania, no, 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 And that's my trivia. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, welcome, sir. Thank you. Now, folks, I think that the Legion news, we are devoid of Legion news. It's crickets everywhere. Yeah, we have, we do, what we do know is that that future state comes out in two days. Or tomorrow. Well, there, there, there's a new issue out. It's just we're putting it and off. There is a new issue, and we'll and we'll talk about it next week. And, uh, don't you worry. Don't you yep. worry. Folks. It will be talked about. Uh, yes. I got things to say. It will be oh, going to have oh. been talked about. <laughs> I got problems with you people, and you're going to hear about it. <laughs> and if you are so inclined, the uh, preview is out for Future State number one, and I think it's got the first two pages. That's for everybody but Travis. That's right. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about it. I don't like previews. Being two days out from it, I think I'm going to avoid it as well. Yeah, there you go. It's only two days. It's good job, a, yeah. It's almost upon us. I think it's going to be really good, too, so I don't really... It's got some Legionnaires in it. What? Ooh. I hope that's not spoiler. Dang it, Michael. Ruined it! Ruined <laughs> it! <laughs> I love picking up Legion of Superheroes and getting Aquaman and the others in it. <laughs> it's my favorite part. <laughs> 
I hope Robin's in it. Guest starring Cave Carson and the Secret Sex. <laughs> what is this book? Oh nice. my god! Well, it's a Legion of Superheroes. It's, gonna, it's, like, it's like World's Finest from the eighties. <laughs> it's going to need a checkerboard on the top. Let me tell you. Oh yeah, total go-go checks. Uh, if it's got Merry Man in it, you know Morrison's writing it. Yeah, oh, exactly. Totally true. <laughs> totally true. Um, do we have do we have any kind of uh, news other than that? Nope. Nope. All right. Yeah, then. So. then we're going to get into uh, into our main segment. And uh, we had the great opportunity to have a conversation with a, uh, a guy who once wrote the Legion. And that is Mike Shoemaker, who wrote Legion with Jeff Johns. I'm going to introduce him in a moment anyway. So let's get to it. And we are joined uh, tonight by, well, oh, I should say at this late night uh, with former writer of the Legion, and of course you know him from, well, a, a myriad of projects, including the late night uh, show with uh, with Seth Meyers, um, uh, AP Bio, and The Awesomes, which was awesome, and of course uh, <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Uh, welcome to the show, Mike Shoemaker. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you, well, sir? I am great. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. Well, we're very happy so how often do you get interviewed? I never get interviewed. Uh, and you'll tell by how boring I am. Uh, <laughs> it's, always, I, it's not, it's something I very, I mean, really never. Uh, um, I've done podcasts for like our show. Uh, yeah. But, it, you know, but it's usually me and Seth talking to someone and I, and I just jump in and he, and he runs them. So uh, I am not accustomed to, uh, speaking in public or any of this yeah. stuff. So uh, I, I listened to two, two of them today and I thought, oh, they're pretty recent. And then I realized, well, the Bendis one was was from last year. And, uh, and, yeah. I, and I dug back for the other one that you and Seth did. And it was like, oh, my gosh, that was like end of 2017. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was a whole other time. Yeah, <laughs> it really uh, was, and, wasn't it? And, and you didn't miss any. Those were the two. I don't think I've done any others. So <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, I, I, I guess we can kind of start off with, uh, with how you first got it, how and with what you first got into comics. Um, well, uh, you know, today I, I was thinking that, uh, about that in, in anticipation of this and, uh, my God, it's so many years ago, so many years ago, but, um, so I really had to think back to my childhood and, uh, and, um, the first I mean, I, you know, as a kid, I read a lot of, you know, what kids, comics the kids read, like, um, you know, Richie Rich and, yeah. and, and, you know, Archie and stuff like that. And, uh, and I read like Peanuts and stuff like, so I read like a lot of comic strips. So I was, was, you know, very, uh, uh, certainly interested in the, in the form and in the idea of, of getting comic books. I don't remember how I got them. I, I presume some would buy them for me because I remember like in second grade, uh, knowing that stuff. Yeah. And then, but the first superhero comic that I remember reading was a Legion comic. And it was, and, but, but it's a very vague memory. Like it's yeah. something that I read really a long time ago. And then years later I found the Legion. I was like, oh, this is that thing. And I, but I have a very distinct memory of the first thing. And it was the story where um, uh, uh, Superboy and Super Supergirl are banned. And uh, in order to get them to leave, 
Shrinking Violet goes into Superboy's nose, I think, and plants a kryptonite capsule. <laughs> and, and it's a, and and it's the, and the whole thing was super fascinating to me. Like, huh? And at the time, there was a movie out uh, that it was clearly borrowing from. I think called Fantastic Fant Vo Fantastic Voyage. Right. Um, and it so and I think I was aware of that, and I was aware. So I totally understood it, and I was like, oh, this is so cool, and so and very deep, and but it was. But then I put it down. It wasn't. It, I didn't buy it. It was something. I think that I I had see, someone had given to me. I really don't know the origin. I was trying to rack my brain. I don't know why. Yeah. It wasn't something that I sought out, and it is something I forgot about. And then, uh, like years go by, and you know, I was still reading kids' books. And the closest thing I read was a thing called Sugar and Spike, which I don't know if you've ever heard of. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, done by this guy Sheldon Mayer. Very fun, and it was comedy. You know, it was funny. Uh, uh, he's the guy who created the first Red Tornado, like, yeah. but like Ma Uncle, yeah, comedy, it was comedy golden character. age, right? It was like they were jokey characters. So anyway, the, so these, it was a cute conceit of uh, that uh, old babies talk baby talk, and they could talk to each other, and adults mm -hmm. can't understand it, and mm -hmm. it was nice. But it was a DC, it was a DC thing, and I, there was a, a an ad for an action comics that. Uh, I don't remember the one, but um, it was. But it was the first one that I bought. My first foray into like I think I'll buy Superman. Yeah, but it was action, and it and uh, it because it was funny. It looked like uh, it was like an imaginary story, and it said like this is hilarious, and it wasn't. But I mean, like, still. It was <laughs> but uh, but in the back was a Legion backup, and I don't remember which one it was. But uh, I, I think it could have been the first time you saw Saturn Girls' uh, red bikini. Okay. I think it might. It was around that. It was like that time. It was that run. That was like these eight pagers in the back of Action Comics. Yeah, so like 1969, 70, yeah. somewhere around there. That would put me around like nine years old. Yeah. Um, and then I, when I saw it, I said, oh, this is that thing that I And then it clicked back. Oh, these are those, that thing that I saw before. Yeah. That team. And then... And then, and then, pretty much immediately, I was deep in and bought every DC comic, and uh, but specifically had a real attachment to the Legion that kind of stayed forever. Yeah. But like Im immediately from like whatever if that was like Action three eighty nine, I bought three ninety three ninety one. Like I didn't, I kind of didn't stop. I bought only DC, but like basically anything that I can get my hands on, which was. A very difficult feat. I mean, you guys are young, but um, you know. Well, thank you. Yes, I'm guessing. <laughs> I've heard you talk, and you all have like kids <laughs> who aren't like adults. So I'm guessing. Fair <laughs> but I can tell you that you know, in the in that in the '60s, um, you know, comics were only sold in what were called candy stores, and uh, they, but they were like you know where I grew up, they were like bodegas basically. And they would sell like literally egg creams, not to be not to be grandpa, but that's exactly what you would get. <laughs> and they do like a spinner rack or just a rack that like you know like a bunch of comics, you know, pornos I presume, like just and then cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what life revolved around buying cigarettes. So that's what these places were, and uh, and I would go. And you would never know when they were there. There was not like Wednesday's comic book. It was just like I would yeah, I would have to go like every day yeah. and hope to find. 
one. But I was, you know, I, and then I would find out where the other ones were. In I lived in the Bronx, and I knew that it was another place. But like two, you know, like comic book stores, of course, were not a thing. Yeah. Uh, and there was no way to find them. Uh, but I was very, you know, it became like an obsession. I was very diligent. And uh, so that's how I first got into comics. It was all DC, and I uh, would find them wherever I could. But uh, it also, you know, it was a very, it was a solitary interest of mine. I didn't know anyone who read comics. No other kids that I knew. Right. You know, not a, not a single person. Uh, and not only did I not as a child, but the first time that I met a person who read comics, I was in my 30s. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so um, the idea that you guys all kind of grew up with it in the community or with a community or like an online community or what you guys have is so odd to me. I mean, it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it didn't exist. So this was something I only did alone. And uh, it was so interesting that um, when I met this guy, I was I was at SNL at the time, and it was a writer named David Mandel. Oh who, yes, yes, yes. He he ran Beep in the last few years. He was on Seinfeld. Um, and he has an Jerry. art collection that this guy and crazy, crazy. Like I think that he has apartments that he doesn't live in that just has like art in it. Yeah, I, I love his art collection. I talked to him briefly about it one time. I collect art too, but my, I'm nothing compared to him. Nothing. He was, uh, he, you know, when I met him, he was, you know, we hired him SNL. He was, uh, it, it was one of his first jobs out of college. So he was just starting that. I mean, he didn't have money before. Mm-hmm. And then I remember at one point, uh, once he was on Seinfeld, he said, I bought a Stormtrooper helmet. I'm like, what? He said, uh, anyway, so he was the first person I knew ever, and think how old that is, that, so up until that time, this was something I did alone, like yeah. no friends of mine were, and there were no, you know, obviously there, I mean, I, I don't say, I say obviously, but there were no movies, there was no TV, like, like the, you know, Batman, the TV show had happened when I was really young, yeah. and then after that, there was nothing, or there was shit, you know, there was, they were not good. Yeah, oh, you had the Hulk and Spider Man on TV. Yeah, seventies. You not had, great. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Super, I mean, Superman movie with Christopher Reeve. Yeah, yes. The, and when all those things happened, by the way, when that happened, people were like, "Oh, yes, yeah, Superman, I've seen that." Now I know. I think like every like you know your grandma knows who Clark Kent is, but at the time, <laughs> those things you know nobody cared, and it was the pursuit of like you know like. Like I, I, not that I had shame about it, but I definitely didn't go walk around high school saying you guys read comics. <laughs> oh, no, not not unless you wanted a free wedgie for your yeah. yeah. It was a nerd's pursuit. So it was the kind of thing that after school I would on my own like take like city buses, like because that's how you would get around. Yeah. Like to places that I knew had them. So, uh, so uh, my interest in comic comics were, were early and solitary for a very very long time. And and there is that because there, there is that whole thing. I mean, we we are most of us are from that last generation of uh, spinner racks, and right. uh, you know just before uh, comic uh, comic stores uh, really sort of took hold, and uh, that idea like of you know for me it was like the the okay so I know that this store has Legion and Batman and Justice League. 
that store you know, 12 blocks away has, uh, has, you know, Teen Titans and. <laughs> yeah. It, it, really, it really took a lot of work. And the fact that any of us made it through and yeah. like had like semi-complete collections is really, is, is insane. And also, you know, as you want to say to kids all the time, oh, you guys have it so fucking easy. But... <laughs> hey, I had, I made a checklist of um, which books were coming out which week of the month and which store I had to go to to buy them. That's you know, whether it was the 7-Eleven or whether it was the Pickwick or or what. And then finally, uh, a few years later, the uh, Heroes World in the New York City area came in, and that was a direct sales that I was finally able to get everything all at once. And that was a uh, like like a place, or you got, or it was a um, like a it mail. Was, no, it was a it was a store in the mall. Oh wow, where? Uh, Woodbridge, New Jersey. Oh yeah, okay. I wish I had known. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you I mean, this, you see, Michael, this, this, Mike, this is this is yeah. why Michael is our is our line producer <laughs> because he's always <laughs> done that stuff. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I mean, your story makes complete sense because that was like the beginning of when the Star Trek fans started going ape. Right, Star Trek Re- Resurrection. That was kind of the beginning of all this fandom stuff. Yes, that really began. Uh, I mean, uh, I uh, I remember, uh, and then again, I was all about. By the time I got to SNL in '86, was the famous sketch about uh, uh, when James Shatner hosted. And I, I feel like that was the first time I was even aware that uh, uh, of that that there was fandom. Um, uh, because because it was something that you had to, you know, read. Like there was no internet. You, if you had you had to. Everybody had to have the same interests. We couldn't all. We couldn't have our special interests. It just <laughs> it did, there was no uh, arena to allow for it. So uh, so yeah, th- that was the beginning of it. And then you heard of things like conventions, but you heard of Star Trek conventions. I didn't hear about comic book conven- conventions until really really later. Um, definitely, but you know, and then by then I was an adult and married and had kids. But so I didn't know anybody. Uh, so Dave Mandel was the first person, and then the second person I ever knew in my life that I talked to about comics was Seth Meyers, mm-hmm. because when, but when he started SNL in my office, I think by then I had had I had bought probably at Mandel's direction a uh, uh, it's it's a Legion page. And you'll know it when I tell you it's uh, Dark Side from uh, uh, from the Great Darkness Saga. It's like the first. Wow. Thing. It's a one single page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, and the fa- and the serendipity that I found that and it was not that expensive. Like it was a couple hundred dollars. And wow. then, uh, yeah. And uh, it's hanging in my office to this day. Nice. Um, it's great. It's great. Uh, it really is like. Like you know, Seth. Uh, uh, when I'm talking, when I say Seth, I mean Seth Myers. I'm not gonna yeah. say his name all the time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, we know. <laughs> he's also a big comic fan. Buys a lot of comic art, but um, and he's always like, "Did you see?" The, you know, I said, "Oh, I, I, fin- I finished. I got the one I want. Like, there's not another one I could want more than that. <laughs> like, that's the one that I want. I don't have to buy anymore. Not to mention the fact that I've run out of. You know, he like our offices are just filled with that kind of stuff because yeah. you know, yeah. Wives who won't like to have it in your house. So, 
he's, not, we've, he's like, you know, his dressing room that like we basically sit in all the time. It's just like a tons of comic art and he's still buying them. And I'm like, why? What do you, you, you can't use them anymore. You're going to have to put it in storage. But Travis, that's how your collection works, right? You find the, the one piece that you want and then that's, that's it. You're finished. You don't need no. any more. No, I'll never finish. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got the bug. Never, <laughs> ever. <laughs> do you guys still, do you guys, uh, again, I'm older and now I'm realizing that I have, I have a lot of comics. I don't, I don't have like a pristine collection and I didn't bag anything ever, but I have, I definitely have a lot. I know I saved all my Legion comics because yeah. I cold things like this stuff. And now I'm thinking like, what am I going to do with it? And uh, and whichever of you want them, I will ship them to you because, you know, I'm in my sixties and my kids could not care less. And I have tons of things that like that I have, you know, I've worked in a lot of cool places. I've saved a lot of things, and they don't want a fucking thing. Yeah. And I, realize, <laughs> I have to give it to people who would care. So if any of you wants anything, I'll just send you everything, and you you can you can give me that. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. So, so now the page that you're talking about, the Legion page that you're talking about, it's, it's that big one of, of, of dark side standing up, isn't it? No, it's his space. It's just his face. Oh. I would, I, I have it on my phone and I, I, if, if, if such a technology existed, I would send it to you guys, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Um, and you can send it to me or Paul via Twitter if it's on your phone. Yeah, hold on. I'll, uh, maybe I'll, I'll direct. <laughs> I will direct to you, so then you'll know. Hold on. <laughs> I, I, find the phone. I know. I, I. The reason that I took a, I took a picture of it. I'm sorry. I'm walking away from the microphone. I took a picture of it because, because um, uh, 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 Ava DuVernay was on the show, and yeah. she was announcing that she was doing New Gods, right. and I. So I said, I tweeted at her. I said, "Hey, I this is hanging up my office." She was like, "Oh Jesus, that's really good." Uh, <laughs> uh, that's why. So that's why I have the photo. So um, I will find it. Uh, okay, now how do I send this via Twitter? Jesus, just start is- writing a tweet. Yeah, just tweet it well, or or a direct message. Yeah, reply that- to me or reply to Paul. <laughs> And we'll, and yeah, we'll, that's we'll right. Post it, okay. We'll post it on our Facebook page tomorrow so everybody no, can see not what, working. what we're talking about. Um, uh, Welcome to the Legion of Substitute Tech Support. <laughs> Take a drink. Uh, all right, I'm gonna. I swear, I'm gonna get this done. Uh, anyway, uh, so the, it's the only art. So I have a, some art, but really, really very little, and I'm kind of glad of it. It, it's it's that's a it, yeah I mean a, a, any of that stuff from from Great Darkness that is a that is a hell of a piece to have, uh, wow <laughs> especially especially to have got it for that. Mm-hmm. I, it was it was not much it was not a lot of money it really yeah. insanely not a lot of money. Nice uh, uh, that that's uh, that that was a, a a helpful note from uh, from uh, from Mandel, huh? Well, I, I think in the end he just said I should get stuff. He didn't, uh, but and then subsequently he hooked me up with people. You know, uh, by the way, I found it. I think what I'm going to do is I will send it to you guys when we're done. And uh, uh, you're asking what to put for the for the image. There you go. That's what we'll put. That's what we'll put. I'll send it to you. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, that, 
It'll take me a while to figure that out. No worries. No, problem. no worries. So, so, so you, you you got into into comics at that age. Now you had a, a an interesting sort of uh, progression of of getting into comedy. What is it that that started you thinking toward comedy? I did not think toward comedy. Yeah. I I was in production. Uh, I liked television production. That's yeah. uh, um, and, and I started at CBS. I literally started uh, in the in the basement uh, driving a forklift, and then I got a job in the local news. And, uh, and through that, I met someone who had just finished working at SNL. And I said, oh, uh, uh, I said, oh, how do they, they, and I was a productionist to sit in the news. And uh, she said, you know, there was just a big changeover. Uh, it was the year actually that Robert Downey Jr. left and, and Michael, like it was, yeah. so there was a, lot, a big, I think a lot of people were, were fired. There was, it was a, what, 84, 85? That uh, yes, no, eighty five, eighty six, because I arrived in the in uh, like September of eighty six. Okay, that was close. So, yeah, very. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, so uh, I uh, she said, "Here's who you should call." So I called and I got a job as a production assistant. It was a script PA. We just would uh, they would hand us this the, the script on yellow legal pad, handwritten, uh -huh. and and you would we would type them. That was the job. And uh, it was, and then I stayed there for 25 years. So, oh, sweet. But I didn't, I did not aim to get into comedy. Uh, I'm not a comedian. I'm not a, you know, I don't never done any stand up or anything like that. Right. I like production, but then it, I kind of fell into this comedy world. Yeah. So, so where does it go from, uh, from, you know, you, you'd mentioned before about, um, uh, you know, like like typing out like a church lady sketch, and how many A's are in Satan? <laughs> it, I mean, the odd thing about it was uh, uh, it was hand. It was maybe the you know when I I arrived the same year that Dana Carvey did. Yeah, it was a big changeover, and uh, that was one of the first things. That, you know, every so the, everything gets written Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. We would come in early and type all the scripts, and then they get read in the afternoon. So, you know, it was on a pile, and I grabbed it. It was yellow legal paper. Dana wrote it out. Uh, I think it was based a little on, his, on something he did in stand-up. Yeah. And, but, it, and he, but there was zero punctuation. Like, <laughs> not a period, not a comma. Like, nothing. nothing. Just, nothing. like, just words. So I, had, so I was like, oh. So I had in my head how he would say it. Right. And, and kind of had to put it and. and and, and I remember thinking, like, oh, he's going to say, like, oh, I don't know, Satan. Like, I thought it was – I didn't know. Uh, so when he did it so big, I was like, oh, my God. That was one I <laughs> – <laughs> I just was like, oh, oh, oh. And, of course, that's what worked. I mean, what I had – my what my interpretation would have been boring as shit. But uh, – <laughs> So, so, uh, but that was my first job that you, they would give you stuff and, and, uh, and, you know, we would type it up and then eventually, you know, and make changes and, and really deal very much with the cast. And then, you know, the longer I stayed, I did other different jobs and eventually, uh, you know, wound up spending 25 years there, wow. I think 25, something of that number. And, uh, in that time, yeah. So in that time, uh, uh, uh you know, uh, when Seth arrived, he came in uh, and and into my office one day, and he saw that 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 dark side uh, original art. And he said, "Oh, you're uh, you you're a comic book guy." And I said, "Oh yeah," and uh, he said, "Oh, and me too." And then one of our like maybe his third day, 
He said, well, why don't we go walk to Midtown Comics on like 41st Street? Yeah. So, and that's something that we did like tons and tons of times after that. And that's kind of how we became friends. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so what, uh, so while you're, while you're there, you kind of, uh, um, I, I know you've, you, you had said in the, uh, you know, I've, I've read, um, uh, Live from New York, the uh, the big uh, oral history of, of SNL. And you talked about with production how a lot of you would kind of fall into roles, and yes. uh, and so you kind of fell into that liaison between writers and uh, and performers. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, like with the show and the cast and the like, kind of that connection because I had some production background, but also you know like liked working with the cast and the writers. So, uh, yeah, basically I, uh, I kind of filled in those gaps and, um, and uh, like, you know, would explain to writers kind of like, Oh, if you wrote this, there's what here's what you have to see. You have to talk to this person in design and you mm-hmm. have to talk to this person in wardrobe and, uh, and then kind of make sure that all those cracks are filled. And eventually that became a producer job. And eventually, I did lots of other things there by the end, yeah. um, but that was the that kind of was the basis of it. That uh, and it's, it's such an undefinable job that I don't think that um, uh, like it, it, I don't think it exists in other places. Right. Um, and and I think um, when I left, different people, um, you know, because th- that's a place where uh, you're you, you do what you can do, and then if you can't do it, then someone else does it. Right. And uh, so uh, I think other people like to my place who did that and other things, but I was maybe only good at certain parts of it. And yes, that was certainly enough. Uh, so uh, it, it is, it is that kind of show business where um, you get to do your specialty and the things that you, you're crap at, you, they, someone else fills it. And so you kind of landed into the, in, in into uh filling that that role especially in uh in update how did that come about yeah well um it came out i wound up an update because um i was really good friends with colin quinn and uh and uh the norm mcdonald colin quinn handover happened during a week like it happened like maybe on a tuesday night right that, that uh norm was not doing update and colin was so uh, and Colin and I were really close. So I said, "Well, let's we'll we'll make we can we'll make our own little team," and uh, and then I ran update for a couple of years, and then uh, and then subsequently from Colin to Jimmy and Tina and Tina and Amy and Seth and Amy, uh, I w- I kind of was uh, uh, I wasn't like the direct producer of it, but I was kind of but I but I was always involved. I was like the overseer of update, and. And, and, you know, kind of keeping an eye on that is what led to uh, when Jimmy left, Jimmy asked me to go with him to the to late night. And then when Seth got late night, I, I went with him. So uh, it's those relationships that those uh, because doing update is like I'm doing a little show. Right. And it's very similar to the shows that we do now. And but you're, now you're doing five a week, five a week. And we only do four. Don't make me do five. But yeah, it is. That's right. Amber shows on Fridays. Uh, it, it is, uh, yeah, it's, in some ways it's harder, some ways it's easier, in some ways you kind of let things go. Uh, and, and But um, they're, they're all 
hard. SNL was in in a lot of ways harder because it was such a bigger deal and because it was live. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, it definitely was good practice role. Like all these other things um, had their challenges, but that was super hard. Great. That idea that you could be working on something all week and then all of a sudden the news cycle changes and... Yes. Or, you know, at at SNL, like a good... Um, 20% gets literally thrown in the garbage. Right. Like, more so, you know, a lot, like, it's everything is, um, you, you you plan on this much and then you winnow down as you go. You cut full sketches, you know, update, you, you know, you, you do, you know, maybe you cut 30% of the jokes. You cut one of the, of the, uh, of, of the you know, the uh, uh, guests. You just, you know, so it uh, it moves fast. I, yeah. I do like that. I like that, that fast movement. Um. Uh, and and it all served well to go when when went to Jimmy and then to Seth. Sure. Now somewhere in in between here, you and uh, Seth uh, collaborate on the Awesomes. How did that come about? Um. So uh, uh, the Awesomes came about. Uh, uh, it kind of it is based on our experience at SNL, and it was kind of based on the fact that Seth was like doing update and Seth was that Seth was head writer. Right. And therefore couldn't be in as many things and had to wrangle all these people. So, um, it, uh, so the idea is that it's, it's, it is a metaphor for SNL. He he was, uh, and the other big idea of the awesomes was, um, and this relates to the Legion. Yeah. Uh, believe me that the idea that, um, everyone hates the new people. And every and and everyone loves the old people. Yeah. And then and then in five years, everyone loves those same people they hated, and uh, and don't like the new people. And uh, and that was like a constant that was kind of infuriating, but I learned to make peace with it because every cast at SNL, you people would say like this isn't as good as the seventies, and I'm like well I liked it better with Dana Carvey, and then like. Uh, you know, then I liked it better with Adam Sandler. And then I liked it. So it always went that way. Like, where's Will Ferrell? And uh, basically a lot of uh, the awesomes, which obviously no one knows what it is. So I ought to explain. It's a, uh, it's a superhero team. And the concept is kind of like the justice league after um, Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman left. And all of the, the B team has to take over and people don't like them. And they're not that good yet. They're actually good, but it doesn't matter because no one cares. And it's trying to prove themselves. <laughs> a metaphor for SNL. And uh, oddly, uh, uh, so the way it relates to the Legion, you know, when I was at SNL, I would take advantage of the fact that, you know, I could get tickets every couple of weeks. Yeah. And, and you know, my after a while, your friends and family, you run out, thank God. And um, <laughs> they're they're very they're you know a commodity to the point that like now that I've worked there for twenty five years, if I walked in and said, "Hey, can I have tickets this week?" They would say, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> like it, it you can't. It's so hard. So I would often say, I would like I contacted um, uh, uh, Mark Wayne, yeah, who like at the time you know the internet was new. And you could write to people because, like, I think DC they would say write to us on our emails, and they would give the emails. Yeah. Like I, I know I didn't, I didn't, 
And I wrote to him, and it was just when he had started. Which version was that? That uh, like what three is boot. that? Yeah, three boot. Three boot. Yeah. Yes. And there was a lot, I had read a lot of, you know, the internet had started. So I read a lot of people saying like, this, these aren't the ones I like. Eh, I don't like this. And, <laughs> and the way I How dare you do a perfect it. imitation of our show, sir? And, uh, yes, I'm sure. And <laughs> wait, I'm getting to the point where I'm sort of saying that it's good, that you're, I'm redeeming you. And I wrote to him like, Hey, um, you know, uh, uh, I, you know, I'm a Legion fan. I always liked it. And, um, and I read all, you know, I'm sure that you have to hear all this stuff about people saying, this is the way I wanted it. And I, I want the way I like it. And it's not the way I like it. And I said, you know, I have a very similar experience at SNL. It is a hundred percent that, and you have, and you have to come to peace with it by saying like, this is how people treat the Yankees or yeah. people, how they treat a team that they love. They say, that's not what I would have done. You shouldn't have done that. And, but it, but the, it is a compliment. As, as irritating as it is to, to hear, right. because it is, I'm sure to them, it is infuriating to hear just like a snake. That's not what I would have done. <laughs> I so I, so I, and then and I said, hey, so like I'm just a fan. I'm sending this. Also, I happen to have, I have access to tickets if you want to come. And, and he did come and couldn't have been nicer. Nice. Uh, and and uh, uh, so I used that. Uh, uh, but I also, uh, so that also part of the impetus then later for the awesomes when, uh, when we created it, it was like, let's do this based on, and they were all based on kind of our friends, you know, like I mean, Keenan was Keenan and, and, uh, and like everybody yeah. was, was, you know, somebody, um, uh, and, and the idea was that they're really good. They're just as super as anybody, but they're green. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so, uh, um, and it was super fun creating. And the other way that, that the Awesomes drew on, you know, my Legion experience is that I was always fascinated with, particularly then when everything changed, was the way that things are named, the way that teams are named, and the way that uh, characters are named, the way that, you know, all the lads and last stuff, how that was a, of a time, and how, um, and then all of a sudden things were like verbs, and it was like, you know, <laughs> like, like that all changed. So um, I wanted to make a team uh, that had, like, characters that had names, like, old. Like, there's a character called Gadget Gal who was originally in the 40s. And then there was, like, a legacy character, and his name is Muscle Man after his, like, grandfather. And then, like, yeah. new characters named, like, Frantic. Like, things like that, like, that were just, like, adjectives. That was so, and so that the idea that there was, there was a character called Hotwire, which basically, you know, Live wire. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, idea that, that things really, that, so that fascinated me, um, and uh, uh, and uh, so my other story of using my my uh, my SNL tickets to get with somebody was a lot of the the uh, influence for doing the awesomes. I was reading the JSA, Jeff Johns JSA, which was mm -hmm. great, and also the best example of his kind of writing, which is really bringing the whole you know, what his job is to this day, I suppose, bringing all of the, uh, um, the, the DCU together. Uh, and that was the best example because it had everything and it had like, you know, characters from the forties and then it had their grandchildren and then it had, um, you know, Starman. like it had kind of every, but also in that you saw things, how like 
you know, like, uh, uh, you know, this now this girl's name is Cyclone or whatever. I don't even remember what her name was. But yep. like that Cyclone. idea. Yep. Yeah. So it was very. Um, so uh, so I contacted him to say like, hey, uh, and again, you could write to people at right. the time. Uh, yeah. um, so I said, hey, uh, I'm a big fan of your work, and um, and I have this thing that is that is uh, very, or it's not an homage. It's it's, but it you know uh, it's definitely influenced by your JSA run. Uh, and I'd love you to see it. Yeah. I don't you know. I didn't. So, uh, so we said, Oh, why don't we, and it was during a comic con at New York. He said, Oh, I'm in, I'm in New York. Do you want to maybe have coffee at a comic con? So we did. And we met and, uh, he was great. Such a nice, easy guy to talk to. And he totally got it. And, uh, and we talked about the stuff that he was doing. And then I said, well, if you're in New York again, cause he wasn't a New York guy. I, uh, I said, uh, you know, I come to to the show, uh, and I and I, you know, I said, uh, you know, because Seth knew who he was, and, and I said, come, you can have drinks with me and Seth after. Yeah. So, um, so th- we did, and um, uh, and and the, so the road that got me to writing with him is what we were at, at, you know, an SNL after party, and we were talking, and uh, and he said, well, what was, what is your favorite thing? I said, it's the Legion. That's always been my favorite. He goes, oh, I think I might be getting the Legion. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, he said, uh, do you want to maybe work on some stuff? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, and it was really that. Uh, he said, uh, and then, you know, we talked more. Uh, and it turned out that he was there. Uh, it was right around the, the Lightning Saga. And I guess this, this was after it? Yeah, this was yeah, after it. Yeah. So uh, he explained to me what was happening with that. Um, I hadn't seen any of it yet. And then, uh, and he said, I think after this, I'm going to do some backup in Adventure Magazine. And I was like, oh, Adventure Magazine, that's the first thing that I, that's the first Legion comic I saw back in 1963 or whatever. Yeah. So I felt like, oh, yeah, I would like to do that. Uh, I I had absolutely no experience in this. Uh, But, um, but he said, yeah, let's, you know, try it. Um, And he's so good that he could, literally like he could carry a you know a legless man through through this <laughs> I, it, you know knew that, that, that there's nothing i could ruin and i also knew that like oh yeah this is not we we're in no way co-writers but he said let's write this together and uh and i know that he had he had done that before though so it was it, it like seemed really cool seth had already written some so i was like i'm gonna do one too yeah yeah uh, so we, um, uh, the first one, so we did three and, um, the first one was, uh, also, by the way, that's the first time, again, as I said, you know, cause he, you know, I was trying to Seth. Seth doesn't care about the Legion. So like, I, and so that's, I've never, there were words that I'd never said in my life. Yeah. Like, like he said, like, who's, what character? Like I said, Mon, 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 Monel? Like it was a word that I had only only <laughs> read. I'd never said it, and I had no idea how I, how to pronounce it. There were a lot of them I hadn't like. Yeah. Oh, like, like you guys know they're the weirdest names, and when you read them, you don't care. Yeah. But when you try and say them, you you say like, oh no wonder people thought we were nerds. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to like say like, and then. Imra would say, like, it's nothing rolls off the tongue. Right. But it, it was such an interesting experience because every time, everything I said, I said, like, oh, I, 
Yeah, I've never said this before. Okay, I'll get used to it. He did it all the time, obviously, and so he indulged me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, so the experience, the first one, I, we went to DC to his office. Yeah. And basically, it was just like me watching him and saying, like, what about this? And and in all three of them, all I ever contributed was dialogue, really. Uh-huh. Uh, um, but, but you still got your name in the credits. I did. <laughs> I was thrilled. The first one, it, uh, it, 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 I, it, it's 100% undeserved. I mean, I said things, or I said, maybe you should say this. And he's a good collaborator. He's like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Fast. So fucking fast. Yeah, yeah. But just, like he knew what he wanted, and then the second one he suggested, uh, it's uh, Sun Boy and Polar Boy, and yep. I think he might have suggested it, and then, uh, and then that one we didn't do together. We didn't. We weren't in the same room. But I said, oh, uh, like he kind of gave the outline, and then I just sent him tons of dialogue. Yeah. And um, and and it's the dial. It's a lot of the dialogue that's in there. There are a lot of anything. There's a lot of exchanges of them talking to two girls. Yes. And, but it was. His idea about, like, I don't think you had yet seen, what's the planet? Is it Tharn? Again, Tharn. Tharn. Thar. What a ridiculous word to have to say. So I had to say thar. It's Thar, Thar away, you know. It's very Thar, Thar away. And it's uh, hot, is the idea. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, uh, which, like, oh, that's cool. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And he, he, see, like, if I were to write comics, they would all be just, like, Two guys getting drunk. Like that would I just like that. <laughs> right, you know. like, well, no, something has to happen. I'm like, all right, something has to happen. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so all of that stuff was him, but I but I like all the dialogue stuff, it was great because I could I, I could just send that to him and he could pick and choose. And yeah. uh and he did. And then um the third one we did was uh and when he it was very important to him that something happened that like mattered in each right. one. Yeah. And and I was like, oh yeah. I mean, like that's where you see, like, oh, that's why you're good. Uh, at the end, like at the end of the, uh, of the lightning lab, like like it was decided that there was a uh, that uh, what's his name? Who's the Mech had a twin. Mech had a twin. Yeah. Now, was there any plan beyond that? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like I'm sure that had he gone back, he would have done it, but. Uh, but but it was just like it was important that it ended with like, and then like later he could tie you know he's so good that he could tie up the loose ends. Right. Um, and and so the third one was uh, uh, block and wildfire, and um, Dawnstar. Yes. Yeah. Black and, Witch. Yes. And that some of that was my idea because I liked that whole concept about these couples who, you know, can't have sex. One would presume. Right. And. Uh, and, and and like these really star-crossed lovers, so I, I got to write a lot of dialogue to that, and then he basically worked it into the action. But that's the one that I feel like there's a run in there that I'm like, oh, when I see that, uh, I'm like, oh yeah, I did write these words. I yeah, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I I earned my name on this uh, more than I did in in the others. Uh, and then so we were, and then it was like maybe we'll do ten, right? Yeah. And then. Um, and then he said, "Hey, guess what? Uh, um, uh, uh, Paul Levitz wants to wants to do the book, so that's what they're going to do." I'm like, "Oh, great! That's good." I mean, as a fan, I was like, "Oh, that's what they should do." Yeah. And then, so we're not doing it now. I'm like, "Oh, all right, cool." And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was that simple. Yeah. So like, so the threads that we left got, you know, Jeff didn't have the book anymore. Yeah. 
So friends got left behind. No, oh, no. Yeah. So so uh, so I, and then since I read, like, why would he start these things? And I felt well because that's what happens. That's yeah. how it works, I suppose. Um, and that would so th- and that's my trip to Comic Land. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but that's got to be awesome for that for that kid who went to the bodega in the Bronx and oh picked up an issue of Adventure Comics. To, to have even dreamed that one day your name would be in there writing uh, a Legion story. Absolutely, like, the coolest uh, uh, thing ever. And I've been able to be involved with a lot of cool things, and yeah. and but that's the one that I that, that gives me the most personal kind of pride. Like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's, awesome. that's, you know, because it is, because I didn't care about comedy when I was a kid. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I liked it, but I didn't, I didn't envision a career in it. I didn't mm-hmm. envision a career in television, frankly, but um, but I liked comics, and that you know carried through. So that was really nice to be able to do that. So how do you, as producer of Late Night, convince the network to allow someone like Brian Michael Bendis to come on the show? There is so little oversight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There is, I mean, I have to say zero. Oversight on as far as that as that stuff. I mean, when we started the show, and the idea was like we're going to have, a, you know, um, we want it to be a more literate show, and Seth likes yeah. to talk to authors, and they were like, that sounds great, and um, you know, because when you start these shows, you can't get people. Nobody wants to be the first yeah, one right. on your, you know. Um, luckily, we had a lot of friends, uh, you know, SNL friends. We left sure. that, and we were out of populated, and then, you know. Then it's word of mouth. Like, oh, I had a good interview with that guy. But at the beginning, the idea of us having authors was, oh, that's great. Go ahead. And then, like, we would, then I think one point, I don't remember even who the first one was, but um, we said, well, why don't we have authors? It, I mean, it was enough of a big thing. Yeah. It, it, it had, you know, it had become huge. So um, we started doing it. And, um, uh, I mean, there is no oversight, number one. But if there were, they would see, like, when you have them, then all of a sudden the publications that, reprint, that like, you know, talk about it, it, it increases tenfold because it's not the usual, you know? Yeah. Like, People Magazine would say, like, oh, they had on the girl from the show. But but all of a sudden then, like, all of those, like, ain't it cool news, all those things would say, like, oh, look, you know, uh, this, you know, Alex Ross was here. So, like... So uh, it 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 certainly provided um, enough reason to do it, oh, yeah. and also they're good segments. Yeah, they are, and and I mean I, I I say that about all of the author segments you do. I can't I can't tell you how many books I've bought because I saw the author on there, and it's like, oh, that sounds really interesting, and I might not have heard of it otherwise. You know, the odd thing is, um, uh, we got and we don't get them anymore, oddly, but we used to get these things called the minute by minute ratings. And it would show exactly um, when people left, mm. uh, and they no one ever left when the author came on. Really? Oh, like, oh that's neat. Like, so, like, like the, our ratings would not go down. Like, it, like maybe they they would leave the commercial before right. because mm-hmm. it's it's not someone they know, but um, but you know, not that much. And and everyone leaves the commercials because they go to bed. We have a late show. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, Plus the name. But once the the talking with the author starts, 
it's a straight line that they don't they don't leave because they're they're storyteller you know they're good guests yeah. and you they know they don't know them so they're prepared it's like when 60 minutes does a piece like wait till we introduce you to this blind guitarist from something like you don't say like i don't know that guy i'm not going to watch this you say like oh show me who you're talking about yeah kind of like that so even people who don't like comics i think would watch those segments with comic and they because that could there, there was always some other you know by then everything was being adapted into something else yeah so you know bendis you know, uh, came on, I think, after, uh, um, uh, you know, Into the Spider-Verse or whatever that was called. Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. So, like, and that was, like, just great. Like, that was, like, the biggest hit of the year. Oh, mm -hmm. huge, yeah. So, like, they're all very viable guests. Um, uh, so we love having them. Yeah. It, it's like in the 70s when Merv Griffin would have a random housewife who could sing on his show. Yeah. And then suddenly she'd break out and have a recording contract for no real reason except that she was on merv griffin you know <laughs> it so. is the most fun and the most power that you feel is yeah. when um like 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 you know seth and i have similar tastes so like uh, we were watching that this show stat let's flat and um oh, yes. hbo max is great and we said oh why don't we have this guy on and like we did and like you know he's like oh thanks like yeah and it was great it was super fun and people are thrilled to see these people um uh, you know, we have a lot of, you know, especially now during quarantine, you can have people from the UK on shows that, you know, you don't get to, but they're usually not here. Uh, right. Cause so, before you would have been locked down by geography. Exactly. Yeah. And like, like, are you ever like, like the amount of times we tried to get, you know, uh, uh, Sharon Horgan and Rob Delaney, uh, from, uh, 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 catastrophe, like, and then, uh, you know, we had to wait and we said, whenever you want, we don't care if the show's on, we just want you to come and then they like eventually they would make it through but now it's a lot easier yeah yeah it's are you planning on continuing that for uh, for guests like that once things get back to normal oh yeah i mean i hope uh you know i i wonder if we'll ever get really you know i think at some point we'll, we'll prefer in studio guests it's better sure time is better but like if you're a movie star and somebody says like you have to promote your movie you want to do it in your pajamas, or do you want to go to a, uh, on the <laughs> get all dressed <laughs> up? Like, no, I'm not going to New York for this movie. I don't even like it. Like, so, like, I think there'll there'll always be a taste of that still. Yeah, yeah. Then, I mean, and that's one of the things is that as as the shows go for adapting, you you guys really just nailed it. I mean, you. Oh. Very nice. Thank you, you you evolved the the, the show. I mean, it, it you know there was almost that sort of other story that was going on. You know, Seth's mm -hmm. attic, and uh, and then <laughs> then moving to the uh, to the summer house and the and the sea captain, the captain's quarters. Oh yeah, the sea captain. So and, how how did you guys how did you how do you produce a show like that where it's basically a you know a one man setup? I'm assuming he has a camera set up mm -hmm. and. and he had it is so uh um it was so low tech i mean it it literally was an uh, an ipad and just an ipad and um and seth was 100% alone and he would have to uh, load uh, into a a teleprompter app he'd have to take the script like like he we never saw each other in yeah. all of those months no one ever went to his house like not a tech, not you know, like a lot of other people. They had satellite trucks. 
and we we kept it so low tech. It really was set alone as attic. We would shoot it really early. Yeah, we would have to get the you know the close looks written really early, and um, and then uh, he would load everything into uh, to a prompt ramp, and he would do things all in installments. So he would do like the teases. I would you know I would write those down and do them in the morning, and then he'd do and then he'd do the closer look last. And then we'd do the interviews, and we'd have to do have everything done by like two o'clock because it took because all of the editors to then put it together. And they were also home, and uh-huh. everything went over the same internet. We didn't have a special internet, and it was slow as shit. Yeah. And <laughs> we had terrible, like especially in the attic, he had really bad service, and it would take like an hour to oh, send a closer look. And Seth wow. would have to do it. And all our texts were, "Did you send it?" He said, "I sent it. I know it didn't go through. I sent it." We we're like, "Okay, stand by. We're standing by. We're standing by." <laughs> all days of just like copy. Okay. And then finally it would arrive, and then the editors would have to put it together in their houses, and then over their internet they'd have to send it to NBC. So it was, uh, it's I, I can't, looking back, I can't believe that we got away with it. Um, and the difference when we went back into the studio mm-hmm. uh, was like, oh my god, all these things that we had to do, like we don't have to do them anymore. Right. Um, it's crazy, but really Seth had to like because he writes, you know. Yeah. Uh, so he would uh, he would have to write and rewrite, load it, and the amount of technical things he had to do was crazy. Um, and then not to mention like zooms freezing and shit like that. Oh God, yeah, that's everyone's life right now. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I'm sure you guys have the same thing. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe. Uh, do you guys like Skype? This is the first time I've ever tried it. We're, we're... There was we we sometimes complain about it. We but I mean you know Darren and I have been doing this show for twelve years now, and uh, Skype was the only thing we had. Yeah, yeah, it was the only thing we had at the time, and it's just you know the idea of sort of moving to something else is like mm-hmm. you know there's never time to test it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got you've done like six hundred. How many have you done? This is episode six hundred forty-one. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, every Monday morning they've got us to listen to if they want to with their yeah, cup of coffee. Great. Our, great. our personal goal is to make sure that Murray falls off, off his snowboard on the <laughs> way to school. So I typically have to say something really raunchy to get a, a reaction out of him at this point because we're we're eleven years in. He's used to me now. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I hope we cursed enough in this to. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So yeah. so I I mean the the um yeah what what you guys have been doing with the show I mean I I always I always sit there like watching the band play especially when you have like a a guest drummer and I'm thinking how are they putting all this together it's it's just astounding I mean your band's amazing anyway but the way that they're able to do that 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 stuff distance I was very surprised I thought we would just skip skip it I can't remember because you know. I, I don't remember how we did it at first, but um, when they said no, the band, you know, Fred is organizing them, and then they, and then they, everybody records their part and they send it in, and uh, I mean, they do it like a day. I think they're a day ahead. Um, oh, so it's not actually happening live. No, well, that's why we do it whenever Fred is there. Um, Seth, oh, because uh, Fred always waves, so we always write something for him to say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, uh, you know, Fred, you know, wave if you, you know, hate children and then he'll wave like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's always doing, you know, it's, it's, 
There's no because that would just be another giant technical thing. Oh yeah, uh, that would fall down. So that is that is. Uh, I mean, they all they work together the band, but they work together separately, and then someone has to mix it. Yeah, that that's that's what's incredible because I mean you can't play that stuff live, you know. Right. It, it, I it, I thought it was I thought it was all the band members playing their instruments in separate locations all connected over the internet you, at the same time. You can't do it. It won't. It, well, uh, the, it wouldn't work and, well. Yeah. I it's think, terrible. I, I think, and, I think and they kind of do, but but mostly I think they kind of do like to learn things. Yeah. And then, and then I think they have to separately play them and have it mixed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. What confused me is is that it sounds so good. Yeah. How can it be live? Yeah. When obviously it's not. It's not. That's the, that's the yeah, we're pretty live to tape. We we don't really but that is the one thing that we just said, oh, this can't happen. And it's it's you know, they're all uh you know, they're uh, you know, blocks away some of these guys, but yeah. But we're so restricted by the amount of people that we can have in the studio. Right. Mm -hmm. That having a band um, would just put us over the limit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, with the, with the, the risks that you have to deal with. I mean, it's, uh, it's got to be pretty daunting. Um, it, it, it's, it is a lot. Um, you know, we're tested, like, nearly every day. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, uh, and there's a lot of COVID protocols, like, like there's masks and shields and uh, um, really tons of stuff. And we're always like a minute, like a day away from like, oh, we can't do it today because, you know, these key people. Oh, uh, but nothing, yeah. nothing has happened. But, um, but there have been scares, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. where people like, oh, I was exposed. And like, okay, you have to take two weeks off. And yeah. that just is kind oh, of man. So we're used to, you know, our now there there are very few people. Almost everyone is remote. Mm -hmm. Um uh, like it's, you know, Seth and I are there, but um, that's kind of it. I mean, there's crew, there's yeah. crew, but a lot of producers are home. Mm -hmm. All the writers are pretty much virtual, you know, uh, yeah. remote. We've had writers that have, like one woman has been in Korea since. Honestly, I think, you know, Is that uh, Karen. It, yeah, Karen. And they have great internet as well. Because she, you know, we can Zoom with her and it's like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, that, so I, how, I mean, it's, it's amazing just having to, the, 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 you know, having to adapt in that way. And, and the way that you guys have, have turned some of those adaptations into assets. Yeah. Well, it, 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 you know, in some ways we're like, oh, it kind of, you know, without an audience, you can, you know, they, we do a lot of like jokes that, you know, people say like, no one's going to get this. And we say, oh, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> There's no audience. Like there are things we would say like, oh, that is going to always like, oh, that is going to play to death. But now it's like, well. <laughs> well, I think that's actually the hardest part is to watch the late night shows and the monologue starts and you're missing out on that authentic studio vibe. Yeah. yeah. Jokes. I think that's the hardest part of what you guys are doing right now is. We're laughing at home because everybody who does this, I mean, they're, they're professionals, comedy works, you know, but it's just hard on that comedy side to tell a joke and not get and the feedback. Get anything. You know? And yeah. we, you know, we tell our people don't laugh because once you start laughing it, uh, then, you know, it, it's like a, you know, uh, uh, you're graded on a curve 
And if you laugh at like this show, but then you laugh less at the other one. So we just say, don't, don't laugh. And then Seth will just try and to make the crew laugh. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like, like, or he'll try and make me laugh by just saying something that I didn't expect he was going to say. Yeah. Pink uh, pajamas. No. Yeah. Or his Bane impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or he'll accuse me of, like, that's the thing you hated. Like, it's not true. As <laughs> <laughs> Also, I keep saying, like, I think, I hope people uh, start to think that um, I don't exist and I'm just, uh, uh, it's like a <laughs> situation. And he, You're an AI. he just made me up as, like, a conscience. Yeah, you're Harvey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, um, yeah, that's you know, it, and it's interesting as everybody moved away from those first couple of weeks where it was like, okay, we're kind of doing what we were doing, and and they were, and you could hear a lot of them holding for the laugh, and then finally yeah. a couple of weeks in, it's like, oh, we don't need to do that anymore. No, yeah. don't hold for you the speed, laugh. No. You speed through. Yeah, yeah. I, then it just sounds like a bad stand-up routine. It's yeah, not. Exactly. Yeah. So we just, he just like he's developed a different rhythm. Yeah. Um, that uh, I kind of I'm perfectly happy with it. I mean, you know, it's it's it, it, it's definitely what we've got, uh, and you know, we will go back to audiences, but I don't know when. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. You yeah. know, and it, but it is that it is you know it's interesting because what it's done is it's made everybody kind of uniquely themselves. Yes, yes. There's no yeah. I think everybody. Uh, all of the hosts, and you know, we know them all. We're like a we're kind of a small community, and every, and we're you know, like I, I text with all the other showrunners, and Seth texts with all the other hosts. Yeah, and um, and uh, it's really nice to see everybody fall into the kind of personalities that they were anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they're they're gonna do their even more so than when they than it, when an audience was affecting them. I think they're just like, well, no, this is I find this funny. And everyone's fallen into that, and it's really nice. Like they're like everyone will like whatever would, would it changes to uh, when an audience of everyone will have there are lessons that they all learned that I think are, are way more valuable than uh, I mean I don't wish that it had happened, but uh, but uh, no one's going to be worse for this time. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's it. I mean, we, you know, we uh, we we gain that resilience out of all of this. Yeah, yeah. So what well, I'm curious. Oh, as, uh, I was say I'm, I'm curious as to how the show will evolve, especially uh, the closer look now that we have a different administration. Well, do we? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, everyone says like, "Oh, Trump is gone," uh, and he is. But um, there's going to be like, uh, 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 like I don't. Uh, I mean, at some point, it will just be he will be gone. But that's going to be a while. There's like impeachments and, and, and you know, oh, his tax returns got released today. That's going to happen for a bit. Um, but also, um, like, like we're, you know, we existed before that and we mm-hmm. did closer looks before that. And um, uh, I, I don't, you know, we're certainly not worried about them. I mean, yeah. they're very long. <laughs> like, if they got shorter, that would also be. It, it's my favorite part of the episode. Well, thank you. Uh, and um, there's one guy who's the real architect of it, named Sal Gentile, who who writes the the beef of it, and then uh, other people jump in. And um, uh, but he, but he 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 sees it all the way through, and uh, yeah. um, and he uh, has plenty to say always on uh, and and 
you know, the odd thing is that uh, if Trump hadn't happened, people wouldn't know who their congressman was, maybe. Yep. And now everybody <laughs> does. And now politics is 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 popular. Like it's like, like you know, like when you when you book guests, uh, you know, uh, uh, like Rachel Maddow is like an A plus guest. Chris Hayes is like you know we start we loved having him. All of those. So news is still it will still be relevant because people now pay attention to that. Everybody, you know, like John Ossoff is like a superstar. Like it's crazy how much everyone knows all these. Yeah. You know. Like, like when we started, I think people were like, oh, there's the House and the Senate. Is that a congressman or a senator? <laughs> well, yeah. You can go very deep. So I think our closer look will will uh, will be uh, will go into everything, um, and uh, and people will go along with it because now they know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think and we've I had... all learned in America that we ignore our politics at our peril, peril yes. now. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think we've learned more about the electoral process than we ever cared to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yep. I, I remember reading not too long ago that uh, they said that uh, the closer look and, and Seth Meyers have basically become the new John Stewart on the Daily Show. You know, well, in terms of in terms of how to process and present the information. Um, I mean, uh, yes, it it is slanted. Um, but it has gotten people interested and, and watch it and, you know, you, it's on YouTube and people subscribe to it just to watch a closer look. Yeah. We, we, um, uh, our closer looks are seen more than our show, uh, via YouTube because it, um, and anecdotally, I only hear this anecdote, but like people in Europe say, like, "Oh, I get up early. That's what's what I watch in the morning," um, because uh, they just watch it on YouTube. Uh, so uh, and that's got to feel amazing for you guys. Oh, it's great. Or, uh, but so the numbers for the for the closer looks themselves are much higher than than I think if you wear them up for the show. Uh, and it, it is it, it it is super satisfying um, to know that. It, that it is disseminated in a lot of places yeah. because it, you know, because because the world pays attention to American politics now. I mean, they always did, but now they really do. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And and I mean, that, it that's a, that's an interesting sort of part of the late night business model. Uh, now is that idea of um, getting that awareness uh, via you know via YouTube, for example, and. Uh, and, and other sources and you know you guys kind of you started that re- really when uh when when jimmy was on on late night yeah. and and now you know you get a lot of segments going going that way on on your t- your youtube channel especially the closer looks and it's just yeah, interesting we thought we were sunk in a way because um we started we didn't do the closer looks to get clicks on youtube right we did them because we wanted to do them and we were, and the the growing, the, or the the going uh, uh, intelligence was like, oh, things on YouTube have to be three minutes tops. Uh, I, I mean, you know, we, no. you know, we, we were there with like the Lonely Island at SNL, and and yeah. you've never seen editors who were more screwed like those guys. Akiva like shaved every second to make sure that because they they kind of you know that was how youtube started was mm-hmm. was a uh, uh, lazy sunday it was probably the first thing that and uh, 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 u
And so, so that idea that like, oh, it's three minutes. So we said, well, these things are 12. Well, you know, we'll put them out. Maybe, you know, we'll do, and, and people watch them and they also watch the whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, so it is shocking, but I mean, I can't say it's a fluke because it, it, it's grown and grown. So, uh, uh, it's not what we thought would happen. We thought that, you know, like viral videos were supposed to be like, you know, a three minute song. And it's, and it turns out for us, it's not. So when the content's engaging, you're going to keep the eyeballs. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, we've, we talked last week about, we've already watched all of Netflix twice <laughs> during the pandemic. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's working so our way through YouTube one channel at a time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so Mike, yeah. yeah, I have a specific question for Mike. Uh, I'm a big fan of AP Bio. Oh, great. And uh, I really liked the first two seasons, and then I thought we weren't getting a third, and then all of a sudden it was like, hey, here's Peacock, and here's the third season. Uh, what, what was the – can you tell us anything about that? Uh, was the decision made before the third season film to move it to Peacock, or was that no, after? No, it, or? Uh, this is not a secret. This was It was a, a, uh, a big Twitter campaign. It was basically canceled by NBC. And Pat Oswalt, uh, one of the stars, mm-hmm. um, uh, kind of started this Save AP Bio, like, hashtag, and it, it, a campaign. And, um, and it gained a lot of steam because it was a show that um, did fine on NBC, but it really did well uh, digitally, I think, on Hulu, basically. Yeah, I watched it all on Hulu. Yeah, and the numbers were great on Hulu. And... Uh, so it, it it wasn't a uh, uh, you know it wasn't like a bad business decision for you know so as Peacock was coming and Peacock was just starting and uh, uh, I think maybe a week or two after we knew it was canceled Peacock then you know announced they were going to take it so uh, and they so the third season was made for Peacock. It, uh, it it was created for them. That's why in the middle, one of the episodes, the kids start cursing. And they're like, "Wait, can we curse now?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it it is such a great show. Uh, um, Mike O'Brien, uh, genius SNL writer, um, uh, created all of it and uh, and runs it all. And you know, Seth and I are the like the godfathers to it. But uh, but we uh, so proud of it and love it. Uh, the cast is so good. Those kids oh. are so good. Um, my dear friend Paul Appel is in it. Uh, uh, it's uh, so uh, yeah, we love it. So right now they're they're just about to shoot season four. Awesome! Oh, good. That's yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah, also for Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, speaking of of of, uh, of of Paula, they're the the Quibi show they did. Yes. Did, yes. Did you see it? Yes. Did you have Quibi? I I. I I ended up going to it toward the end just for that. Right. And, uh, and, and, and loved it is, uh, is, is that ever going to come back in some form? Do you think? Well, um, well right now the Quibi shows, uh, um, I, I think Roku bought Quibi. These, uh, that sounds about, about right. Talk about saying like Legion names. that sound like nonsense. So, <laughs> So far, Big Zittle. I mean, like it's that. That's what these names are like. Uh, so, 
Roku purchased Quibi. They definitely sound like Legion. Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, uh, and um, so we don't know what, the, uh, and, and I think they're just a content provider. I don't know that they do original. We really, no one's gotten into the business of it. Yeah. Uh, Paula is very busy. She um, just shot uh, a, a series for uh, Tina Fey's company. Uh, that's for Peacock um, called Four Girls, Five Ever. It's a, a, Oh, a, yes. A, yeah. So she's in that. It's uh, yeah, with great cast. It's um, it's busy. Phillips uh, is in that as well. Busy Phillips, Renee Lee Scullsbury, uh, and uh, who am I forgetting? Someone else. Uh, and it, it, you know, I've seen little snippets and it looks fantastic. So she shot that in the fall, and then she starts doing AP Bio this month, or I guess in February. Um, and she's she's also a very busy uh, screenwriter. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the good thing about Mapleworth is Paula was aging up for it. So, like, she could play that. Like, if we have to wait two years. Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, it, uh, if any of you, uh, there's one scene in, like, the, the last run that, uh, that Seth and I would just we'd cack, watch in the office and then cackle and then bring people in. People say, what are you laughing at? And we, this was before the pandemic. We'd say, come, you have to see this. It's a scene where... Um, and John Lutz, who's a writer on our show, yeah. but was writer at SNL and and uh, uh, and that's Thirty how, Rock. Yes, and he was he was Lutz on Thirty Rock. Uh, so he and Paula walking down the street, and a car tries to run her over, and uh, Paula <laughs> and it knocks her over, and Paula gets up and says, "Oh my God, that that car knocked my shirt off!" And she's topless, <laughs> and it is the funniest. It, it, it makes me cry just to see it. So I I urge you all to. to See if you can find it on Roku, uh, and if not, um, I mean, uh, you know, if, if that doesn't work, we'll find another place to bring it back. Because yeah. it had it had the craziest best cast. Oh, absolutely! And and folks, I I, I kind of didn't get into the detail, but it was yeah, so it was Ma- Mapleworth Murders, and um, and it, it it felt like a uh, you know a crazy version of. Uh, of uh, murder she wrote and yeah. and so much more and yeah it was yeah. paula pal john lutz and jb smooth yeah and then like tina fey jack mcgrayer uh like just tons and tons of uh you know great people and it that was lots of fun and so you uh you recently mentioned that uh, you had been on uh, somehow involved with the parks and rec shoot on the day when biden was the guest star uh, yes, I, um, near the end of the run of Parks and Rec, uh, the, uh, it, uh, Mike Schur, the creator, and Amy, uh, said, hey, there's a, and it was my favorite show, and I, you know, I've known Amy, and, and, and I knew that cast because we, uh, when I was at Jimmy, we did a musical number that was Jimmy and the Roots and the cast of Parks and Rec. Uh, and it was one of our favorite things. So, I, and I know them all. Uh, so, so they said that we have a part that it's like, like, I, we think you could play it if you want. Um, it's not comedy part, but, um, but I think it'll be easy. And if not, maybe help me think of someone. I said, I think I'll do it. And they were like, you'll do it. Cause I don't do anything. I, you don't see me on camera. <laughs> and they said, I said, yes, I'm, so I just kind of like, you know, swallowed and, and, and went. And, uh, and so I'm in one of the, near the end of the, uh, uh, the last season, I'm in an episode that was shot in DC. And, um, and, 
I'm not in a scene. And so, with, so during that day, we shot like with uh, like Kristen Gillibrand and, and and Cory Booker, and I'm in those scenes. And then um, and then there was another scene uh, that day in uh, at Joe Biden's house with Amy and Joe Biden. And I'm not in it, but we said, let's go to the shoot. Yeah. I think I kind of had to be. I had to be with the crew because I then we had more things to shoot after. And uh, and we spent the day, and then there was the, the scene was like a party in Joe Biden's house. So we were we hung out in his pool house in the the, the vice president's residence, and then uh, and then we were there, and it was so great. And and you know it really is like maybe my favorite sitcom ever. So to have been in it yeah. meant a lot. It's and, my favorite. And by the way, I'm not good in it. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> it's uh, it's <laughs> not a comedic part, but uh, but. You know, I got a and and uh, and it was a really good episode. They wrote good stuff, but there was one line that I I just could not learn. It was so many hard words, <laughs> and I just kept thinking, like, "You guys, I'm so sorry. I, I couldn't get it right." And I was so and and when I see it, I could see myself. Well, that's the take when I actually said the line right, but I'm not <laughs> that's the one they'll use every time. Yes. <laughs> Did you have to tape it like to Amy Poehler? To read it, um, uh, you actually memorizing, managed to squeak it out. No, I, I, I most of it, I, I remember, I, I, I knew the script. I mean, it didn't have oh, a lot of lines, uh, but all my scenes were with it. It was just, it was, uh, I, there was one long scene I had it with just me and Amy, which is mm-hmm. great. So you see, you see professional actors in in the bloopers. They'll like point out, I taped my line to the table or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, no, it happens to everybody who does I, that. I, I think I would, you know, they let, uh, no, I think I mostly managed to know my lines, except for this one. It was it, it was the name of some organization. Like I said, you'll have to take the something, this, the something, something test. And it was a real tongue twister. And I couldn't, and I and I just said, my God, why did you make, make this so hard? So I, it was a really hard thing to learn. And I never did learn it, really. I kind of finally got it right, right once. But that's what happens when you hire a non-actor. And you just want one of your friends to come and visit. <laughs> Fun. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Well, um, so um, are there any any comics that you still find time to read? Or Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've been reading this new Legion. And yeah. I, I, I know you guys have, uh, have your opinions. I'm like, great. Keep going it. Do it. Change all the characters. You know, uh, uh, um, and uh, yeah, I have looked on like online, and uh, uh, again, my idea that like just it doesn't, you know, so what? Like if this isn't the way you saw it, and it made me so mad to see like people saying, "Why is Lightning Lad black?" And, like, this how could? And uh, like you've entered oh. the Moss Eisley of fandom, sir. Oh my God! Yeah. It, <laughs> it's not my legion. It made me so mad because they would say, "Just not the way I see the character." Like who? The, what? So what? Yeah. Like. Like, so, uh, so I heartily endorse, endorse it. I really like it. I, I, I enjoy it. I have enjoyed every iteration, but I really like this. It definitely is super different. Yeah. And I guarantee in 20 years, everybody will say, oh, why is, you know, what happened to Monster Boy? Why is this different? Yeah. <laughs> why isn't it like Bendis says? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I was watching a uh, He-Man documentary, actually, and they were talking about, yeah, it's great the the fans in the 80s and, and 90s liked it, but they have to keep evolving the characters, or it's the same old thing. And yes. 
You yeah. cannot let it be stagnant because if people were still buying it, it would still be that. Right. So yeah. you have to change things up. You're forced to, to keep a property, yeah. you know, if, legitimate. If if there was a market for like you know forty year old lightning lead, then it might be fine. We could but, all go down to the bodega and have an egg cream exactly. and read adventure yeah. comics, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> but like, there's uh, and maybe there and by the way, th that just like the fact that like Jeff brought them all back, like like that will happen again as well. Like mm -hmm. this, like there'll be this iteration, and there'll be other ones who you know where all the other characters come back, which is. Like it's all part of the pastiche of com comics, yeah. which is really nice to me. That like, like, like not like there's nothing that in the past that is not undiscovered. That someone doesn't say like I'm gonna finally make Adam Strange interesting. Like that is so that that those books are so great. The 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 um uh, the new ones. Yeah. Uh, that uh, I I love those and the fact that like I you know I definitely read Adam Strange back in the day, but this is fantastic. Yeah. So the idea that like these things can happen now is uh, is really heartening. I really like uh, I like all the Superman stuff. I mean, I I you know I liked all the the new stuff that Bendis is doing. I don't know what's going on for like what the next iteration is happening. I, I like I'm not like I'm not up on like like where DC is going. We don't uh, know either, and we, and we have a five dollar side bet that DC doesn't know either. Yeah, that, <laughs> that could be. That could be. Um, I know that I know now that they're all becoming uh, entertainment companies as opposed uh -huh. to comic companies. Yeah. Intellectual property farms. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I will say I think the CW stuff is great. I think that's you know, um, Star uh, Star Girl is a great example. Oh, it's yeah. like a show like that he like he has something for every fan, and also it's a fun show for like kids i would presume yeah I mean, uh, my, my oh, daughter yeah. my daughter and i watched it together in, uh, this summer and she loves it yeah it, it it is exactly like the way something should evolve like like those characters are you know like like that's what's good about jeff that he really says well i'm gonna mention green lantern we don't have to show like i'm gonna mention the original one too the yeah. one from the, the 40s uh and, and and you know we don't have to you know it might be hard to explain to people why he's there but it's okay because you'll kind of understand it and yeah they'll they'll figure it out yeah so and and there's such a capacity to figure it out yeah. I mean the amount that I will watch one division and then not understand it and then spend an like one division's what twenty minutes and then I'll spend an hour watching a video explaining it mm -hmm. <laughs> one division is not long enough is what one division is yeah. So the so everyone is will you know there's a different way to experience these things now. So um, I hope that uh, DC uh, will continue and you know uh, doing you know I always want to see those characters. I think everybody will. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, Mike, I, I appreciate you taking so much time with us. And, well, thank uh, you guys. It's been yeah. great talking again. It's been great talking to people that I can actually say these words that i don't <laughs> yeah exactly look you're with you're with fans i'm with actual fans yeah, that's yeah. All. not not just one-on-one -on -one. it's great yeah <laughs> you're you're with your own kind yeah, yeah. one <laughs> of us very one nice of us. exactly <laughs> but but yeah i i uh you know we, we all really appreciate you taking the time to uh to to talk to us about all of this stuff because it's all it's all stuff we've been wondering and oh, uh, and you uh, you did lie to us right at the beginning. You said you were going to be boring, 
and yeah, well, that was a not, lie, sir. Not remotely. So thank you so much. It's a sliding scale. So you know, next week you'll have somebody way more fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Much appreciated. All right, thanks. Thanks. Have a good evening. Nice to meet you guys. Bye. All right, folks, thanks again to Mike for joining us. Uh, and I know he's a busy man because he's got to get to uh, to work tomorrow to work on, on the show that I watch every night. So um, let's uh, get into some feedback. Let me just take a look at uh, for the little orange flags. All right, here we go. A comment from our friend David Spotforth regarding last episode, The Enemy Within. Um, he says, hi, guys. I had a thought about how they could have gone with Power Girl. Uh, because, of course, we talked a bit, a bit about her, uh, her origin uh, or her rejigged origin uh, last week. And he says, now, I had no problem with the Atlantis origin. It was fine. It gave her somewhere to come from. Effectively, a lost world, just like Krypton. It's actually a good point. Um, he says, the problem was that they didn't leave it alone. Huh? <laughs> Going back to the well just kept adding problems. Don't even talk about that pregnancy. I had forgotten about that until he brought oh it up. Oh, my God. Was yeah. that a gold costume period? Yes. It was her yes, it was. white. It was weird. She went from that red, white, and blue thing that we all know yeah. to another red, white, and blue thing that had the high-cut sides. Right. <gasps> oh, and, that was... Look more like a 90s bikini style that they were doing. And then she went to the gold and white. Oh, was that after that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 She had that operation that depowered her in Justice League. And then right. she changed the costume. And then they found out she was Atlantean. So then she went to white and gold for some reason. Right. Now, the white and gold. Um... Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And then she went back to the original costume for no apparent reason. Right. And that, Except that, that she was back to JSA at the time. Yeah. And that blue and that blue and white one, it reminded me of like an old Zatanna costume. Oh um, God. Yes. Right. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, it was weird. Um, he says, but I had a thought how they could have worked it that would have used the basic Atlantis origin, but still allowed her to be a Kryptonian. What if there had been one or two survivors from the Krypton Atlantis war in Adventure 332. I mean, I know, post-crisis, there would have been a lot of changes in the details, which was how she got there anyway. Um, but imagine a Kryptonian survivor marrying a child of Arion and producing Kara. So she'd have a Lost World origin and a Kryptonian heritage, allowing her to keep that Superman connection. Plus, she wouldn't actually have been from Krypton herself, keeping the Superman office happy, or as happy sure. as they ever got. Thank you. Yeah, because that was the whole thing, right? Because they were getting rid of all the Kryptonians except for Superman. That's yeah. why Superboy was a clone and Supergirl was a Matrix. And then they brought them all back one at a time yeah. for trademark purposes. <laughs> and I believe she was the last one that, that, that came back into the fold. Pretty um, much. Yeah, during uh, Final Crisis, or yeah. not the other one. Um, Infinite, Infinite Crisis. Crisis, yeah. Um, but we got the, uh, the, 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 uh, Jimmy and Amanda series, which was awesome. So uh, we, we, we take a little bit of the good with the bad. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that's an interesting point. Like this idea of, you know, cause she was already from ancient time anyway, right. With, with being, uh, the child of, of Arion. So, I mean, the Kryptonian could be, doesn't even need to be a Kryptonian survivor, but could have been someone from Krypton back then. Cause you know, Arion was magic and stuff. So Truth. there's 
there's, there's lots of room for that. But but like you said, they kept going back to that well, and uh, and it was a rough Band-Aid. All right. <laughs> we are moving into a Stump the Subs from Matthew Elmsley. Ah! Uh-oh. Yeah. We're in trouble. All right. So I need to I need to just check with the first question because he sent an amendment. All right. Oh, an amendment. Since the start of 2000, which is basically when the reboot was turned over to DNA, by my count, there have been 24 new Legionnaires. Th- that counts both new <laughs> characters and old characters portrayed as full-fledged Legionnaires for the first time. Some of the cases are ambiguous, so depending on what you count the list, could go as low as 17, but I think 24 is right. Name at least 20 of them. Oh, Jesus Christ. Ah, <laughs> crack my fingers. I'm, I can do this. Okay. Go for Night. it. All right, go Night Girl. Got it. All right, Night Girl. Um... Uh, get, oh, was Gazelle a legionnaire? Yep. Yes. Gazelle. Yeah. Um, after DNA took over, that would be. This is all after. Yeah, all after. Uh... Timberwolf. Does that count? Because he or did the in, in the reboot he joined the legion. Yeah, he after, did. Uh, he joined late. Yeah. He's not on my list. Oh, okay. Wait, what? What exactly is the joining point here? Uh, after DNA joined, uh, took over the legion. So during their run? Yes. Well, no, after. Like, the, no, no, no. He says it's from when it was turned over to them. Oh, okay. See, I, I, was, I was interpreting it as characters who joined the Legion in all incarnations after the year 2000. Yes, but only new characters who had never been Legionnaires before. Okay. Is that so right, Paul? Timberwolf had been a Legionnaire before, so he doesn't Correct. care. All right. New, new characters and old Legionnaires per, portrayed as le- full-fledged Legionnaires for the first time. Like Comic Queen, for example. Right. Uh, right. Comic Queen's another one. Bing. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the chemical kid. Wait, is she not? Sparks me to the to the space queen there. Yeah, chemical king. Glorith. Chemical kid would count. Chemical kid. Yeah, Comic Queen. Yeah. Glorith. Correct. Glorith. Harmonia. Yeah. Harmonia. Yeah. We're at seven. Man. Oh. Uh, correct. Was uh, Sizzle and Turtle. No, they were reservists. Nope, they were was, reservists. Was, uh, was Chameleon Girl ever a Legionnaire prior yes. to? Oh no, no, she wasn't. No, she was not a Legionnaire prior to Legion Lost. Well, the calling Legion Lost, correct? Because she was a Legionnaire in that. Nine. Correct. She, she was a Legionnaire when uh, during Lightning Saga. Oh, she was. Yeah. 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 Saga. Saga. <laughs> um, okay, and then you've got like Monster Boy. Correct. Earth X-ray girl, yeah. Earthman, X-ray girl. Was it Radius Lad? Radius Lad or Radion Lad or something like that. Ra- Radius Lad and a uh, Entro- Entropy Kid. Yeah. Gold Dr. Lantern. Fate. Gold yeah. Lantern. Doctor yeah. Fate. How many we got so far? I think we're um, we're up to sixteen. Shakiri. Correct. Shikari. Yeah. Shikari. Yeah, that yeah. would have yeah. been after yeah. DNA. Yep. Uh, Superboy. Ah, yes, Connor. And Superboy John. Correct. Yeah, and Superboy John. 19. Yep. One and more, guys. Hold on, does that mean Robin, Supergirl? Robin, Robin. Hold on, Supergirl from the three-boot. <laughs> but she was Kara Zor-El, so she would have been the original as well. 
but it's a different but Supergirl. It's, it's a different Supergirl. It's still Kara Zor-El being Supergirl, though. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it doesn't count because, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you but, know, I mean, technically. Wib- uh, wibbly wobbly timey. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you get Did you get Chemical Kid? Yeah. And Dragon Wing? Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, you're not Cowboy? counting Micro Lad, are you? No, because Colossal no. Boy was already same, same right. Name, yeah. Same, same name. There's got to be a three boot character. I'm forgetting. Um, Power Boy or Gravity Kid? Did they join? I don't they think did, they ever uh, got out they of the They, they didn't one of them really get... there. They did not join. Sad to say. Mm. Uh, well, one more. Man, there's like 30 of these, right? Ooh, 24. I guess he. How he said it Tyrock would not count then either, would he? No, nah, he was a legionnaire. He said depending on how you count them, so who knows how yeah, subjective yeah. we're being here. Someone named that character, if they had been a legionnaire prior to that, doesn't count. That's why Timberwolf doesn't count. That's why Supergirl doesn't count. You got Earthman, right? Yeah. Wait, what, who's, that, yeah. Uh, who's that other Green Lantern? Was he ever a legionnaire? Ron, Ron Bedard? Bedard? No, no, not Ron. Uh, <laughs> oh, the Dark guy? No, he, he didn't join. No, he didn't join. Is it obvious, Paul? It's so ridiculously obvious. Of course it is, you <laughs> Robin. bastard. I said uh, Robin. <laughs> I said Robin. Not him. Don't you take my answer? Not him. No, no. Hold on. Even though he joined and, and will never leave the book again. Oh, are we talking Computo? Oh, I think computer. he's... No. no. No, because we've had a Computo. Okay. Oh. Um... Rose Thorne doesn't count because she's liaison. Liaison. Is she a member? He I don't count, think so. He counted her as a um, as one. So, then so we're counting. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we're at twenty. All right, that's so, twenty. Now, <laughs> one that you missed. John Kent, Superboy. No, I Wait, said him. We, no, oh, we said you? both. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I thought didn't catch we, that. we said we said oh, both. We've, and you said then 19. we've been at, we've been at twenty for a long time. Then. All oh, right. okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, so there we go. So he listed gear, Shikari, Connell. Gear. Um, Who's gear? He was in gear the reboot. Was the ro- the robot the, guy. The Jacques Focar of the reboot. He also listed uh, um, uh, Night Girl, Chameleon Girl, Earthman, Harmonia, Comet Queen, Chemical Queen, Kid, uh, Dragon Wing, and Glorith, which you guys named all of them. Um, yep. He also mentioned two from the animated series, Superman X, a.k.a. Kal-El, Nemesis wow. Kid. He says, Nemesis Kid sort of joined in the original Legion, but didn't finish an entire story as a full-fledged Legionnaire, which means he wasn't any more valid of a Legionnaire than Dynamo Boy. But he appeared in the cartoon and in uh, Legion of Superheroes 30, in the 31st century, and when it was all over, he was still a Legionnaire in good standing. <sighs> I can't. I can't believe they let I, Charles stick around. They yeah. gotta misdirect you. They gotta yeah. zig when you should have zagged. Yeah, exactly. And um, number um, and then nine from the from the four boots: Superboy, Monster Boy, Doctor Fate, Gold Lantern, Thorn, Entropy Kid, Radius Lad, X Ray Girl. Uh, he says, "Do they count even if we haven't been formally introduced to them?" I think yeah. so. Yes. It's a question mark, right? And They're the, on the page. And the yeah. last one he mentioned: Soul Taker. 
only appeared in Doomsday Clock. Uh, I still think she was just a bystander as she, part of that villain he group. He says, does she count? Let's count her. Yeah, I say that all depends on if she was... What's going on? What's going on? I don't know. Sorry, that was me. Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, she... Uh, so, um, so, so he counted her. We didn't need her. All right. <laughs> hey, question, don't pick on Katana. Question two. Now, this like is in, this is interesting because um, not only um, did uh, did did uh, we get some leader questions um, uh, this uh, this this past uh, last week, um, we have one this week, and I actually had one in between on another podcast. So, Legion leader costumes are all over the place. Uh, number two, the Legion has had many leaders. Some of them have even been female. Of the girls slash women who led the Legion, name the ones who weren't blind. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. Dream girl. Jasmine. No, Phantom Phantom girl's girl. technically platinum blonde. Yeah, she's as blonde as you get. Phantom and, girl. Uh, I thought it was... Sensor girl. I would consider it to be white. Technically not blonde. Kid, I'm, going, kid, I'm going by the who's who entry. Kid, kid, kid quantum. Kid Quantum. That's a platinum blonde. Kid, yeah, Quantum, kid quantum is quantum. correct. Uh, Travis mentioned Phantom Girl. Um, yeah. And uh, as she ran away, you could tell that she was indeed uh, dark <laughs> Swear to God, I'm cranking the car up, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Comet Queen certainly would have qualified had Levitt's not put her into a oh, coma. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. We would have so got her in. <laughs> Harmonia. Yeah. Was Harmonia a Legion leader? Harmo Harmonia became deputy leader, not uh, leader. Okay. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, rounded up, right? So Are there any more? There's, well, uh, we, we've got Kid Quantum, we've got Phantom Girl. And Sensor Girl a is a white-haired woman, really. But she was blonde when she was leader. Uh, uh, just saying. Yeah. That's, that's all an illusion, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> It's all an illusion, Darren. <laughs> Wait, does um? Are we missing one more? Yeah. Hold on. Did Violet that? in the reboot ever become leader? The Caputo. Sorry, sorry, Darren. What was that? Violet in the reboot. Didn't she become leader at some point? She did indeed. Okay, there you go. There you go. All right. Um. And finally, number three. In what comic book? Did April Dumaka, aka Catspaw, most recently appear? Oh Jesus Christ! Oh wow! <laughs> uh, the Convergence, the uh, Convergence of Blue Beetle. What? Is, what was it? Uh, I was gonna. I was gonna say the five year later. Omnibus. Yeah, it was the Charlton characters, right? It was. Yeah, uh, where they met the uh, the combination of the SW six and the reboot Legionnaires. Yeah, that's close enough for me. He said it was Convergence Blue Beetle number two. That, uh, that you were able to pull that out close to damn enough. All right, there I, we go. What? I I go I, with Darren on this one. With what? what? That her most recent appearance was in the uh, five year later omnibus. Uh, that's a reprint though. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm saying that reprint. Wait, wait, wait. Did the five years later omnibus published appearance? Wait, did the did the five years later omnibus go that far? I thought it yeah, it went up. To, it went up to issue thirty-nine. Oh, that far. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, so then it. the last issue that she appeared in was so was, Legionnaires is in there. 
Yeah, but that was no, a no. The Legionnaire series is not in there, but the SW6 Legion did appear. Yeah. Oh, that's right. She appeared. But, she was one of the people from the from the chambers. But, yep. but again, right. new comic book is fairly fair, fairly safe to assume. So, so and Travis got it anyway. So there we go. Um, that's we won. That's Considering a, they they were mixing up the reboot and SW6, I'm actually surprised they remembered Cat's Paw. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so there we go. All right. Um, so let's uh, move on. Like like because that, that was a reprint, and I mean that is clearly history. So hey, oh, what else happened <laughs> this week in Legion history, Michael? Reach for it. <laughs> All right. This week in Legion history, 55 years ago. January 27th, 1966, Adventure Comics number 342, Starboy is expelled from the Legion for killing Ken's new whore in self-defense, and you can find that in episode number 48. 35 years ago, January 24th, 1986, Tales of the Legion 334, reprints volume 3, number 9, which you can listen to in episode 149. Uh, Also, on January 28th, 1986, in the post-crisis timeline, in a trip from the 30th century to the late 20th century, Cosmic Boy views a historical tape and finds that the Space Shuttle Challenger was lost during launch on this date, an event which did not happen in his timeline. So for those of you listening, uh, this Thursday is the 35th anniversary of the uh, loss of Challenger. And you can listen to that in episode 339 or 340. I don't remember which one it was, and I was too lazy to look it up. Fair enough. Uh, 30 years ago, January... Right. Uh, January 29th, 1991, Adventures of Superman 476, part one of Time and Time Again. In this issue, Superman meets the Silver Age Legion, and you can find that in episode 578. Uh, 30, uh, sorry, 935 years from now, on January 28th, 2956, it is happy day of your birth again, Alan, a.k.a. Colossal Boy, who will have been going to be born in 2956. Mm. And that is This Week in Legion History. Very nice, very nice. I love the way you tied it into the uh, to the episodes as well, because I, I often think that it's like, we did that story, right? <laughs> love that yeah i'm gonna start trying to do that now from now on that's fantastic that's that's awesome um all right folks so uh we are going to uh, wrap this up comments as always are welcome at legion of substitute podcasters at gmail.com you can join in the conversation on our facebook page which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com we are on the twitters we are losp podcast and in addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, and we're going to travel back in time in that time bubble. We're going to head to that bodega at the Bronx, and we're going to hang out and talk comics with Mike Shoemaker. And we'll see you all next week. And if you're not watching WandaVision, you need Jesus in your life, okay? Okay. <laughs>